the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two, Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We take the news of the day and look at it from a Christian perspective. One of the big stories, of course, is cocaine found in the White House. And uh, it's led, led me to do a little bit of research and just kind of where things are with respect to uh, drugs. I got a question for you. What, you know, do you think we should legalize drugs? And in kind of looking at this, because there's obviously a political story with this happening in the White House, it matters. And they've changed the story. I'll get to that here in a second. They changed the story of where they found uh, the cocaine. And that, I think, is pretty interesting. And, you know, the arguments about legalizing drugs, how's that going? In particular with marijuana, for example. We've heard all kinds of things about whether or not that's going to help the tax base, whether it's going to help business, whether it's going to help people. Is it harmless or not? Can you get addicted to or not? What do you think about uh, where that's headed? See, and that's tied into it because along here we have a political story. We've got – it's also a family story. People assume it's Hunter Biden that maybe left the cocaine in the White House and very well could be. However, it might not be. Some people today are saying because of – the news that's changed is that maybe it's not him and it's somebody else. This is Andrea Mitchell from NBC News. Amy at Breaking News updating the Secret Service investigation into trying to figure out who left that small bag of cocaine at the White House. NBC News has now learned the bag was found in the West Wing on Sunday. Will now be tested for DNA and fingerprints, and the investigation could be completed by Monday. So yesterday they were saying that the investigation might take a couple of weeks. Now they're saying it's on Monday that maybe they're going to figure this out on Monday with whatever testing they're doing. But there's also been a change as to where they found it. Kelly, the big change is where this was found, and it was found. Um, by my observation, in a much more secure place, limited access place than that West Wing reception area. It's still a publicly trafficked, a frequently trafficked place. Now, she's saying that because all day yesterday, we kept hearing, oh, it's frequently trafficked, frequently trafficked. Traffic's a funny word to use when we're talking about the drugs. But um, it is this frequently trafficked place, and they keep talking about tourists as if there's some tourist who came in and dropped it somewhere. Um, you know, the thing is, is that in this part of the White House, as she's explaining, you don't have the same kind of tourism. This is in the West Wing. If you've been on a White House tour, you go through the East East Wing. That's where you come in and there's dogs. OK, drug sniffing dogs, lots of security, as you can imagine. You have to be there on time. There's a security check before you're there. There's a whole lot of things you got to do to even get in there. And then you get in and you get to go through certain parts of the mansion, but you don't get to go to the West Wing at all. The people who go in the West Wing are people who have um, – they have a special tour, and they're going to explain this a little bit. But it's down near the Situation Room, right off West Executive, down below, and normal people just 
See, they don't let you in there just on a regular tour. There used to be in a movie. There was a movie with Clint Eastwood. It was called Absolute Power. Did you ever watch this movie? Old, underrated Clint Eastwood movie. And uh, in it, he plays a thief, and the thief, he's a jewel thief, and he's robbing this guy, and the guy's a donor to whoever the president of the United States was, uh, Gene Hackman. Great actor, Gene Hackman. He's the president. And in the he, he finds Gene Hackman, unfortunately, he's having an affair. Okay, that's a story. And the Secret Service come in, and they, I'm spoiling the movie, but they shoot uh, the woman. And he witnesses this, but he's not seen because he's hiding in a closet. And what happens in the movie is because he's the thief, he knows he can't go to the media and he can't because he won't be trusted. He'll be discredited. So they figure out that there was somebody who saw it and there's all this intrigue and pretty good movie. And then um, what Clint Eastwood does is he puts a disguise on and he goes through the White House tour and he keeps dropping things in the tour to taunt the White House staff who know that he knows that they know that he knows and uh, it's as if somebody could go in the White House with a bag of cocaine and just stick it in a cubby or drop it somewhere. That's That was almost what was being said yesterday, but that's not true. It, this is a different part of the White House. You can't just go through and do that. You uh, This is the part where the president often goes in and out, okay? So the people who work in the West Wing in this area are the president, the people who are in the cabinet, people who are higher-ups, people who all have a security clearance, okay, a high security clearance. Now, you can go through there on a tour, and uh, I didn't ask anybody. I wish that I would have, but I didn't get to anybody to take me on that tour. I heard one person today say that she's been through there, and she brought her husband, and she brought her uh, – it was Kaylee McEnany, who used to be uh, Donald Trump's uh, spokesperson. She said she brought her husband. She brought uh, her mother and father, but she didn't think any of them had cocaine on them. It was kind of a funny thing. Um, so you can go through there if you know somebody, if you get a specialized tour, but you don't, they don't let you just wander around. You're going to be with people. So that keeps the intrigue. Um, it changes the intrigue. And it probably means that if it's not Hunter Biden, uh, it's somebody else who works at the White House or somebody who is closely related to somebody at the White House, a good friend or somebody else. Andrea Mitchell continues. What we have learned is that there are, in fact, two West Wing entrances. You this is uh, Nora O'Donnell, I think. What we have learned is that there are, in fact, two West Wing entrances. You know that. I know that. But for the benefit of our audience. And now the investigation has progressed. And so they're saying the West executive entrance, which, as you noted, is closer to the Situation Room and closer uh, to uh, the Navy mess where there's the facilities for food and so forth. It is uh, also next to West Executive Drive. That's where, for example, the vice president's vehicle is parked. However, it is a high traffic area. And by that, I mean you do have uh, people who work here in all kinds of jobs, not just political jobs, uh, the military facilities, people who work uh, for the operations of the White House. And they do have uh, the tours that go through there if they are among the private tours with staffers as sort of a sponsored member. So very high traffic. Uh, the fact that it's close to the Situation Room is certainly uh, notable. Uh, we had earlier uh, been told that it was one level above and also a lobby area in the West Wing, closer to where the Oval Office is. This is down below. See, she's describing a different area of the White House. So she's describing, uh, it's not really a basement. It is, but it's sort of like uh, on the one side where you usually see the mansion, the, the ground is up higher, but there's really a lower level. So in the front of the White House where the fountain is, you usually see that. Uh, not usually where the, it's not the other side where the helicopter lands is lower. There's actually a lower level. 
And that's where the Situation Room is there. So it's not really a place where too many people are going. The Situation Room is the room that looks like a boardroom, but it's where the TVs are. The Situation Room is where the president and his people will go whenever there's an emergency, when there is something going on. This is where you know people meet when it's time to go to war, when there is some kind of crisis. That's why they call it the Situation Room. So they don't just let everybody in there. So the the scary thing about this story really is that somebody brought this to the White House and perhaps it's somebody who works there. And the additional part of it is if it's not – if it wasn't detected, well, what if they brought in anthrax or what if they brought in some other substance that could be dangerous and it's that close to the situation room? We're in the middle of a crisis or we have another 9-11 or we've got something going on. And uh, suddenly everybody's getting sick, right? It's, so it's a security breach that's pretty serious, uh, regardless of whoever brought it there. In fact, it's probably less of a security breach if it's Hunter Biden, if that's what it turns out to be. But some people today are saying it probably isn't him because of where uh, this ended up. And the key thing is that multiple officials are cautioning that it is unlikely uh, and certainly possible uh, that there would be a resolution to this, meaning forensic evidence found that could identify an individual scanning the video, doing the testing. uh, But they are preparing us for uh, a result that will be no conclusive evidence found. Now, that's the part that I think gets heavily political. You're telling me that there's this part of the White House that has no cameras, that there aren't cameras running all the time, that somebody could actually bring this in undetected, that they don't know. The The Secret Service have to know, right? That's what I would think. I would hope that they know. It bothers me if they don't know. I can understand if, if it's Hunter or a family member of somebody else. You know, you maybe they want to cover that up, protect their dignity or their privacy or whatever. You know, there's things that people do. It doesn't make it right, but that's what, that's what people do. Um, but the idea that we don't know, that's what bothers me. The idea that somebody could bring that into the White House and nobody knows who it is. Number one, I don't believe that. I think that they probably know even and maybe they just can't prove it. I think that's possible. You know, maybe the the there's an obstructed view somehow with a camera or something, but I find it doubtful. I think they know exactly who it is or they've got a pretty good idea. Uh, some people are, there's all kinds of crazy rumors that don't fall for the stuff out there. You know, wait and just see what happens. I think they're they're saying it's unlikely we're going to know. Maybe they're not going to tell us one of the stories out there, because if you heard in that last statement, she uh she dropped, oh, this is where the vice president parks. Are they going to drop this on Kamala? Are they going to say Kamala's uh, bringing her stuff in the White House? Uh, there's no evidence of that. Uh, you know, that gets into the politics of, uh, you know, what's going to happen whenever Biden tells us that he's not running, which is what I agree is going to happen. Um, you know, as I think about this, there's a lot of funny jokes that people are making, and I think that people do that. Sometimes they do it because they are not treating a situation as seriously as they ought to. But other times uh, people joke when they know it's serious, and sometimes joking is how they cope. I'm that person. I'll joke about things. That's how I cope through difficult things or things that are that are hard. Um, regardless, as I think about it, somebody out there has a pretty serious problem. It seems to me that you got to feel pretty entitled or you have to be pretty messed up to bring your drugs to the White House for whatever reason. You know, you there is a person who is either in the president's family or is in the circle of people who work in the most secure area of the White House who felt like they could get away with that. 
Yeah, or maybe they maybe it was an accident. Maybe they forgot they had it on them, right? And they dropped it in the cubby or something. They keep changing the story of where this, and I that's possible. I years ago I was doing a I was doing a video for church. And we were doing this video, it was just some fun announcement video. We went to the airport, went to San Diego Airport to film this video, me and one other guy. The reason he's with me is he is the videographer. He's the one who's going to film me doing this video. And we were going to do it in the airport in the baggage claim. And there was some silly thing where I was just, it was just like B-roll stuff if you're following me. Uh, and I was going to pick up a bag from the the baggage claim. We were just going to bring a bag, put it on there, and then I was going to take it off. It was something pretty simple for whatever this this thing we are doing. Well, we're sitting in the car in the parking lot, and he says, I can't go in there with you. And I said, what do you mean you can't go in there with me? And he says, I can't go. You're going to have to do it yourself. I said, I can't film myself doing this. I said, the only reason you're here is to film me doing this. It was like 10 o'clock at night, too. And uh, he says, I can't. Can't we have an argument? I'm getting mad. It's like, look, I'm out here in the middle of the night to do this thing. The only reason I picked you up is because you're going to film it. And he tells me, he finally says, I can't go in there because I brought my gun. And he pulls out this Glock. I said, you brought a gun to the airport? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, put it in my uh, my glove compartment and let's go in there. So that's what he did. But uh, he just forgot, he says, that he had it on him, uh, which I doubted. But uh, maybe, maybe, because I think he did carry it all the time. He thought it was an important thing uh, to do. And, uh, you know, I don't think he had a right to do that, though, legally. Uh, anyway, anyway, I can imagine where somebody would forget you know, but, uh, and like try to dump it off somewhere. I, I suppose that's possible, but I, I think it's hard to believe that there's not a camera, you know, not a security camera that sees who did it. So we'll find out and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And there's an awfully lot of political stuff. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. That's where that news is. But it got me thinking about the whole drug thing and what a crisis we have in our country. And usually we're hearing about the fentanyl crisis, which is terrible, uh, horrific thing. Uh, the child of um, one of the actors died this week of fentanyl poisoning. Uh, it looks like Robert De Niro's one of his kids, uh, and it's tragic. We're seeing fentanyl everywhere. It's a big deal. Cocaine issue, obviously, here at the White House. Uh, last hour, we talked about homelessness and the drugs and the different things. I thought, you know, where are we at with this? Um, and an interesting to me thing to me is the politics of drugs. Uh, cannabis, marijuana, this is one of the things I find particularly interesting because we're pushing uh, the use of marijuana today in a way that I don't think we've thought this through. And the statistics are beginning to come out about this that confirms what I've been thinking. The Wall Street Journal today published an article saying that cannabis is linked to mental illness. A major new study, they say, shows that people who abuse the drug are more likely to be diagnosed with depression and bipolar disorder. Uh, See, I don't think that's surprising. And I feel like we're in this place like the 1940s and 50s or 30s, 40s and 50s and the way that we looked at cigarettes and the way we looked at, you know, smoking, right? As if this was just fun. I love old, old radio, old TV. You ever get into that? Uh, I love it. And I love it when I can find an old 1950s television show that still has the commercials in it, the commercials that they used to do. And what's super interesting about it is that a lot of these programs were brought to you by cigarette companies. And the advertisements for the cigarettes 
were like anything else. You know, and it would talk about how the cigarette is built. It's so round and it's so firm and it's fully packed and it tastes great. And, you know, and you compare it and there was sort of a, you know, an esteem to certain kinds of cigarettes, you know, and they get some actor, you know, wearing a suit and looking all refined and across from the, you know, some fancy restaurant is a, a, a female actor who is also just well-dressed. And these are the top of society promoting these cigarettes. Meantime, it's killing them and killing everybody who does it. And I know a lot of you smoke out there, but, you know, it says right on the box, this product will kill you. Just so that you know, if you can read that little square in there. Well, they didn't have that in the box back then. And it was promoted as any other product and something that you perhaps ought to use. I think we're doing the same thing today with uh, the marijuana. I'm not talking about the medical uses and things like that. I'm talking about recreational marijuana use. And the studies are saying that, uh, and people are acting surprised about this. See, I'm, I'm just not surprised. I'm not surprised that now that this has become legal in different states and for a while now you can do some studies. It doesn't, it's not surprising at all to me that people are having trouble with this. Uh, in the Wall Street Journal article, by the way, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Uh, and I tell my kids, by the way, I say, you know, if you have to inhale something deliberately into your lungs that's not oxygen or air, it's probably bad for you. To me, that's common sense, right? When I look out and I see the smog in Los Angeles, I say I probably shouldn't be breathing that. I don't really have a choice, but it seems to me that, um, you know, not really something I should put in my lungs. I have to say that growing up here and then being in San Diego, which it's not that bad, the air quality, and then you come back up here and you smell it again, I like the smell of it. Uh, I like the smell of cigarettes. Can I confess that? If they weren't going to kill you, I'd probably do it. But uh, I don't. Uh, But, you know, it's just something that I think common sense is you don't inhale stuff into your lungs that's not air. Anyway, that's what I teach my kid. Uh... So this writer in the, new, in the Wall Street Journal says, there was a new smell to New York City on my first visit since the pandemic, which, I, like I just told you, I identify with smells of cities. You know, L.A. has a smell. It does. And if you grew up here and you love L.A. like I do, it's great. San Diego has a smell. It's different. Um, but you, you enjoy that, I don't know, what you smell. So there's a smell in New York. I haven't been there. My son's been there. He says it definitely smells. And he did not see that in a positive light. She writes, there was a smell to New York City on my first visit since the pandemic. The New York I remember from 2018 was scented with subway fumes, car exhaust, and pretzels. Now the air was a heady blend of forest fire and car exhaust and cannabis. Several studies have shown, this article continues, that chronic cannabis use is linked to higher incidence of schizophrenia among men in their early 20s, the age when the disease is usually diagnosed. The first paper on the topic, a Swedish study published in 1997, found that heavy cannabis use was associated with six-fold increase in schizophrenia risk. Did you know that? That this is something that is connected to mental illness with so many people. Uh, In the decades since, Wall Street Journal says, social scientists have unearthed a strong link between heavy cannabis use and other severe psychological illnesses, including clinical depression and bipolar disorder. They should put that on the box. When you go to the, uh, the cannabis store, right, you go to the dispensary or whatever we call them now that they're legal, and uh, is there a warning? I, I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe there is some kind of thing. Maybe you, you want to call and tell me? I promise I won't judge you. I'm just going to say, hey, you know, pay attention. Um, but the new study, a longitudinal study, happened in Denmark 
that records the medical records of all citizens of Denmark over the age of 16, six and a half million people, uh, for patterns of diagnosis and hospitalization for treatment for substance use between 1995 and 2021. This is the study. And it says that people with, they call it cannabis use disorder. Are they saying that because they used to say for a long time you can't be addicted to marijuana, can't be addicted to cannabis. Uh, I think you can't. According to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, this disorder is characterized by craving marijuana, uh, using it more than uh, intended and spending a lot of time using it, which sounds to me like addiction. Uh, And having it interfere with friends, family, and work sounds to me like addiction. Uh, Even more dramatically, the paper found that people with uh, cannabis use disorder were up to four times as likely to be diagnosed later with bipolar and psychotic symptoms. Um, like dec- like cigarettes decades ago, cannabis is now widely considered a harmless habit, easy and legal to buy in most places, socially acceptable and pleasurable in the moment. But over the long term, it may be safer than drinking alcohol uh, or long term might be safer than drinking alcohol. But it's is it really safe for you and your teenage kids? Only time and research will tell. Uh, you know, I I don't think we're going to find a positive Uh, at the end of the day, uh, ruling on this. I think we're going to confirm what we've always known, that it's a gateway drug to the harder stuff. I'll bet that your Hunter Bidens and people like that started out with it. Bet they did. I bet that if you struggled with it, I bet that was probably your first. Maybe not as common today because you can go right to the hard stuff more easily today. Uh, But a pretty serious, serious thing. I got to take a break. If you want to call and join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. When we come back, a little bit of look at the economy, and we'll take your calls. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be with you. Hey, we were talking about uh, uh, pot use, and it was kind of spurred on by the issue going on in Washington, D.C. with the cocaine found in the White House. Uh, 888-528-2557. I'll take a couple of calls here. William and Fullerton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Glad I was able to get in. Hi, William. How are you? able to get in for a while. Not too bad. All things considered. All right. uh, I wanted to make a couple of comments about this, uh, you know, the legalization of marijuana and what it is doing and what it potentially can do negatively, especially in this state where some of the legislation that's passed, you have to swear that the legislators are smoking some of the same crap. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I don't know what you mean. <laughs> well, I mean, they spend millions of our tax dollars to put on ads for people to, to quit tobacco, and then they spend more millions of dollars convincing people that it's okay use marijuana. Yeah, see, that's the point I always make. The same people who went after the tobacco companies are the same people promoting this now. Yeah, that's that's number one. Of course, we have the, uh, you know, one of the poster children uh, for that who used to be California's AG, and now she sits in the White House. 
who put more black people in jail for marijuana offenses while she was smoking it herself. Well, I don't know. I, I haven't heard that version of what she was doing, but uh, go ahead. And you were talking about uh, the issue and legalization. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to cause more problems than it already is, because, you know, number one, why would you want to use something that makes you hungry, tired, stupid and incoherent? Well, you know, Taco Bell does pretty well at night, I guess, because of uh, the new laws. So there's a, a positive if you're working for that company. Did you did you read, William, and uh, in the L.A. Times, the L.A. Times actually did a uh, an expose on how this is going in California. Did you read that? No, I haven't. You know what? I would uh, I would recommend. I'm going to go on another call. Thank you, William. I'm glad you got through today. You know something that uh, I think you should read. Everybody should read. And this is the L.A. Times, right? This is the left leftist L.A. Times. Okay, this isn't some conservative paper. It's not a religious newspaper. There's a whole series of stories called "The Reality of Legal Weed in California." And they report very well. This came out just a few months ago on huge illegal grows, violence, worker exploitation, and deaths. That's what it's called. And it is investigating whether or not California's 2016 Prop 64 that legalized cannabis in California, if that has kept its promise of a better legal market uh, and a something that would outlaw, that would reduce uh, out illegal drugs and increase state revenues. And they're finding out that the answer is no, that actually the law triggered a surge in illegal cannabis on a scale that California has never witnessed, the LA Times says, and that it is costing more money because of all of the problems it's causing than it's raising in tax dollars, which I also don't think is a surprise, but it was to uh, many people. It's a, it's actually super good reporting. And you probably haven't heard it because uh, really good reporting doesn't make the news very often. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Angie in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. <laughs> to them Paramount. Hi, Angie. You all right? Hi, Patty. What do you do that day? I'm fine. Thank you. All <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I wanted to comment on that package that was found in the White House. Oh yeah, maybe maybe they should test everybody that lives there. Oh, they, everybody who lives in the White House. <laughs> yes, you know, uh, people come and go, but people that live there and actually work there. They test all of them. They should test every one of them immediately. That's what they should have, yeah. you know, maybe they did. We, you know, we don't really know. They're not going to put that out there. You but, know they didn't do that. Well, I think that if it's true that they don't really want to know who it is, uh, then I guess but you don't test anybody. All these lies. That's why I'm here, there, 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 there. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, it's a crazy story, isn't it? It's an insane story, but that's America. <laughs> yeah, well, that, it, it's, uh, it definitely fits. <laughs> Uh, where we are right now in our country. All right, uh, Angie, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, that's the thing, is it's like, of all the, we are living in such insane times that the idea that there is cocaine found in the White House, it just fits. Like, obviously, that's going to happen. 888-528-2557. Penny in Canoga Park, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. I have an idea who who was doing it. I think it's Joe Biden because the man walks around like he's in another world. Well, he's 80 years I mean, old, though. I mean, uh, you know, well, that doesn't make it a difference. He can still he can still still whatever you do. I don't want to know what they how they do it. Smoke it, swallow it, eat it. I don't know. 
but I would I would guess with the way he walks around like he doesn't even know where he is half the time. I think it's probably his marijuana. Oh well, it's not marijuana. It's marijuana. cocaine. I, it's cocaine and that they found in the White House. Cocaine. Yes, it's his cocaine. Yeah. All right, Penny. Maybe maybe you're. I heard one person say that the only person who doesn't go through the security check is the president. So you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's the one that could get away with it. He probably saw someone coming and stepped yeah. it in the wall. <laughs> yeah. No. The the theory was with that person is that. Uh, and this is all gossipy stuff, okay? But they uh, that Hunter put it in the president's pocket. Uh, that's how he got it in the White House. People are asking, how did I it even? How did I it even get that. in there? Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, Penny. Yeah, Thank, thanks for calling thanks. the Pastor Scott Show. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You know, people when they're when they're doing drugs or they're doing alcohol abuse or things like that, their their IQ goes up when it comes to how do we hide this. Right? How do we how do we deal with with all of this stuff? Uh, you know, whenever I'm dealing with somebody in counseling who uh, thinks that their spouse, for example, or their kids are uh, sneaking the alcohol or something, I say, well, you need to go look around. Go find, go look in the uh, go look in the tank of the toilet. Uh, you'd be surprised what uh, people put in there. And uh, really, yep, <laughs> parents, you know, you think your kids on drugs? Uh, you know, check that out. Uh, Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. The California, the story here in California. This is what the LA Times had to say. This is about marijuana. Uh, the criminal enterprises operate in California re- related to cannabis marijuana with near impunity. Outlaw grows have exacerbated cannabis-related violence, bringing shootouts, robberies, kidnappings, and occasionally killings. Uh, some of the uh, residents who are near where they grow this stuff illegally, because there's illegal grows. They're afraid to venture out on their own properties. Most of this is happening in Northern California. All right. Humboldt County and some places up there that are kind of known for it, you know. So uh, but the the article is pretty uh, condemning of this policy in California. And it's talking about how even the laborers are laborers are working in dangerous uh, conditions that they're cheated of their wages that it is one big criminal enterprise after another. And that this is the LA Times. You know, there is there is something to you know the idea that we want to escape um whatever it is that we're going through. That for some reason it's so attractive it it creates a it causes a a criminal element to grow. And I mean it's money ultimately, right? But there has to be consumers. You know, a big part of the drug problem isn't just the cartels and isn't just, uh, you know, whoever would be developing all of it. It's the consumers. It, you know, one of the, the things that we have to face as a culture is that we're consuming these drugs, that we, there's a market. See, if we would just stop consuming them, if we would decide uh, this is not who we want to be, if a lot of people would decide that, the the market would shrink. There would be less of a market. There would be cartels going out of business, right? There would be, it's it's a lot more than just the border, although that matters. It's a lot more than cartels in Mexico or Central America or even China or elsewhere. It's, you know, there's a part of it where we've got to look at ourselves and go, why are we so engaged with this? And I think that a lot of the reason, you know, it's a spiritual answer, but is that if we're not going to engage and trust in Christ, if we're not going to trust in the Lord, then you're going to trust in something. You know, if you're not going to cast all of your anxieties on the Lord, you're going to cast them somewhere. 
you know, you're going to have things that worry you, things that cause you anxiety. And some people, you know, it's debilitating, but everybody has anxiety at a certain level. Uh, if you if you are unable or unwilling to cast those on uh, your Lord, then you're going to put them somewhere. And it's going to go to, you know, probably not something that's healthy. I mean, hopefully it goes to exercise, right? Hopefully it goes to doing something positive. In fact, uh, you know, that's another thing I was thinking about today. Uh, what do you do to clear your mind? You know, are there things that you would advise people, you know, rather than the things that we go to that are not good for us? I mean, there's there's things that, you know, don't usually make this list. Uh, you know, eating too much, right? Uh, that's a big one. Or even just playing video games, you know, once in a while. I don't really have time for video games. I would like to have more time because I'd play with my kids, but we, we limit their time too. You know, but when I do, it, it takes my mind off of stuff. Um, but I just don't have really a lot of time for that. But some people spend all of their free time doing that, which is unhealthy uh, in other ways. Are there things that you do that help you clear your mind, that help you get to a place where you you realize you've got some anxiety, you've got some stuff going on, you kind of want to deal with it? Uh, how do you cast your anxieties on the Lord? What do you do? Uh, are there activities that you do? Are there things that you do that you would say, hey, this really worked for me? You know, I used to eat too much, now I do this. Or I used to do uh, marijuana just to kind of escape, but I realized it was causing me problems, now I'm going to do this. If you've got any idea you want to share, give me a call, 888-528-2557. I'll tell you what I do when we come back from the break, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Hey, before the break, we were, we've been talking about, uh, you know, drugs and addiction and stuff. And it's sort of uh, driven by the White House story of the cocaine that's left there. You know, they're saying now that we may never know. I doubt that. I think that we're going to – I think they know. We may never know. Uh, but uh, also, by the way, that I also heard that um, it's a misdemeanor. Now, there might be some other charges to that person, who whoever it is, who brought it to the White House because they brought it to the White House. But actually in Washington, Washington D.C., having that amount is uh, just a misdemeanor. Um, so, you know, that person's not going to jail uh, probably uh, for it. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, before the break, somebody said uh, we got to test everybody, which is what I think. You ever had drug tests? Uh, the random ones? Did your company do that? I worked for a place uh, – that uh, did that, and I started, it was a company, I shouldn't mention the name of it, I guess, but uh, their initials are SAIC, a big company in San Diego. It used to be a huge company. They broke off into several companies years ago, I think, but when I worked there, it was a monster company. And I started there as a temp, and I worked there for maybe a year just as a regular temporary employee, and they said, they said one day, hey, you've been here for a year, and even though you're a temp, uh, we have to do a uh, drug test. Okay, so I went to the drug test, and I do the, the whole routine. And then right after that, they hired me as a different level of, of temporary employee. It was like two weeks later. And 
the, that level, you know, was some other contract they had with the temp agency to like buy me out or something. So they, they hire me as that. And they said, unfortunately, the policy says you got to go do a drug test now that you're at this new level. Okay, so two weeks later, I go to a drug test again. Same place, same nurse, same everybody. Why are you back? So I do the drug test again. Um, All of it's negative, by the way. And then two weeks after that, I'm not kidding, they hire me as a full employee, and I had to do it again. And I did three drug tests within a month at the same place with the same nurse. And the third time I came in there, they were looking at me with all kinds of suspicion. You know, like you're in here again. They must think that you're you're doing something. You know, we've never had anybody in here three weeks and you know three times in a month, uh, but uh, nothing was going on. I suppose they're going to do that. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You know, as we talk about this, lots of people, we we spent some time talking about cannabis and how, you know, the promises that this would be a good thing are turning out to not be true, that it's not been a good thing for taxes overall, it's not been a good thing for business, that there's more violence, more illegal selling even of marijuana. Uh, and the LA Times is reporting all of that. You can read some great stuff in there on that. Um you know, what do you do when you do need to wind down, but you don't want to do it in a way that causes you you to do something that's not healthy or something that is, you know, not something that the Lord would have you do. You want to please the Lord in all the things that you do. I think that Jesus is fine with you having downtime. I'm sure that Jesus and the disciples, they probably, they had plenty of downtime where they're just hanging out, right? They probably went to a show and they probably had all kinds of, they, I'll bet that Jesus uh, took them out into the desert somewhere, and then maybe Jesus created a golf course and said, hey, in 2,000 years, people are going to play this crazy game where you hit the ball into a hole. Let me show you. You think Jesus did stuff like that with it? <clears throat> Do you think Jesus looked at the moon and said, one day people are going to uh, put people on a big candle and shoot people up there and, and walk on it? Uh, I don't know. I like to think Jesus might. They must have said, tell us about the future, right? I would have. Uh, my son, who... Uh, as 11, he said that Jesus wouldn't have done that because it would have been a sin. And I said, why would it be a sin for Jesus to tell his disciples that uh, there will be golf or people on the moon? And he said, because it would upset the space-time continuum. That's what he said to me. 888-528-2557 is the number. What do you do to uh, relax? You know what I do is I, I go for a walk. Like exercise is good, the gym, all of that. But what really clears my head is if I get a good walk thinking about that today because I I had a great walk this morning. A couple of miles, I had to take uh, my wife's car into the shop and uh, you know, rather than get a ride back, I said, no, I'll just walk it. It was a couple of miles and it was early in the morning, still cool. I had a great walk. I haven't had a good one like that for a long time. And, you know, I got to see my new neighborhood where I've only lived a year and, uh, you know, walked past a veterinary clinic, didn't know that was there, and uh, lots of other businesses and stuff. Ah, I didn't even know this stuff was here. You kind of get to know your neighborhood. Most of the time, I just like the walk, clears my head, gets me right, right frame of mind with the Lord. And even if it's just a mile or two, I find that to be fantastic. For me, that's a place for my anxiety, is just go for a walk. It's got to be a good walk. It doesn't have to be anywhere in particular. It doesn't have to be scenic. Just a good walk between me and the Lord, and uh, that works for me. Uh, anything work for you? 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, Harry and Van Eyes, welcome to the Pastor Scott. How you doing, Pastor Scott? Good, Harry. Um, well, I was just calling regarding the government and uh, the White House, obviously, of course. Yeah. 
And uh, since the Reagan administration, I just wanted to know, can we do a count on all the seizing that they've done of all the drugs, of all the type of drugs that they've done? Can we get a count on what they've seized since the Reagan administration? Oh, gosh, it's, it's pound, tons, tons and tons. We, uh, kilo by kilo, ounce by ounce. Can we get a count? Because we, the Americans, want to know where all this drug is going because we hear of the the raids, we hear of the busts, the apprehension of all this, but we don't see where how they destroy so-called these uh, drugs. How do they destroy them? Through their nostrils? Through their friends' nostrils? Uh, you know, this is something that I've been asking myself for a very long time. Obviously, nobody's ever going to say where it's going or how they're destroying but when we all want to know, just like the aliens out there, I mean, come on. Why are you guys hiding from the people? We well, are your people. I think that uh, I Googled it. Occasionally you do have a case where uh, some law enforcement person does take the drugs for themselves. That does happen. Um, but uh, most of the time they are destroyed. I mean, we're talking about tons That's and tons God, and tons. I, 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 would, I would honestly tell you the conversations that I've had with certain people and officials and I, my circle as well, um, a lot of it does not get destroyed. A lot of it. They might destroy a few just to say, hey, we did what we did, but they do not really destroy. Well, I think they probably they, do, but we can, we we can disagree have, we on We all that. have our thoughts and uh, yeah. you know, concept of where it goes. All right, Harry. But, well, hopefully it's not going up uh, you know, anybody's uh, nose too often out there. <laughs> but it is, uh, you know, there's definitely been cases you know, where the uh, authorities have used it or sold it or done stuff. But I think it's, it gets put into evidence lockers while the trials are going on and stuff, and then it's destroyed mostly. 888-528-2557. Maybe somebody's listening who knows. Uh, Tom and Reseda, welcome to Pastor Scott. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Tom. Oh, my God bless you. Hey, Pastor Scott, I was hearing you talking about cannabis. Yeah. And, you know, that it causes, you know, that it could cause depression and, you know, and other things. I have a grandson who's 19-year-old who smokes cannabis, I mean, every day on a day basis. And I've been trying to witness to him, you know, and I don't know how to witness to him. And I noticed, a, a, you know, a really change of his behavior, you know, more cranky, completely different. And, you know, and I'm worried that, you know, I don't know how to witness to him or if I could witness to him, you know, smoking it. Yeah. How often you do you know, talk I, with him? Uh, every day. We're really super close. So you're real close. So you have you brought it up before? Uh, uh, no, sir. I, you know, he's got a cannabis card. He got online and, you know, I, he says he's got glaucoma. And uh, I just, you know, he knows that I'm into the, you know, I'm, I've been safe for 30 years. You know, I'm a deacon in my church, and every time I try to talk to him about about Christianity, he shuts me down. But now recently, he opened up to the Word, and we've been, you know, having Bible studies meeting in. But I don't know what to tell him about the cannabis. And he was also born a premature baby, and I but I noticed a change in his in his behavior. Yeah, since he's been on cannabis these couple of years. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, it's wonderful that he's open to having those discussions and even having a Bible study with yeah. you. I mean, so that's super good sign. So one of the things I would do is is keep in mind that if he's coming to the Lord, that he's going to have help from God to be convicted of that, okay? Um, and so you're not by yourself, okay? You have supernatural help from the Lord, so be in prayer about that. 
and ask God and ask God for for wisdom for you. And then it kind of depends on his personality, but you may show him the it's in the Wall Street Journal today, the the study that says it's actually bad for you, okay? And it's causing your depression and other stuff. Um and the LA Times if you just google it, uh their cannabis you know, expose. You know, some people respond when they realize that what they're doing is actually not just hurting themselves, but hurting other people, and they're contributing to a greater problem. Um, you know, you could, if he's if he's, you know, able to hear that. A lot of people just don't, right? It's too enjoyable. Yeah, or he's they, pretty open. He's pretty yeah, open to it now. Yeah. And as, like you said, I want to go and Google it. You know, if he says, if you know, if there's proof, he's like the Dowdy Thomas. He said, "If there's proof in there, you know, he'll, you know, he'll take whatever, you know, he sees, you know, and if he sees that on LA, you know, on the Times, I'm pretty sure he will, you know, take note of it." And, you know. Yeah, he might like that because uh, it's not even, you know, it's obviously not just a church thing. It's just what's being reported, and the Wall Street Journal, you know, it's the the studies are relatively new, but they're pretty conclusive. And you could say, hey, you know what, I've just noticed that there's a change in you. I think maybe the cannabis is it. You know, don't come down on him too hard in your relationship. Keep praying for him. But give him those insights um, and see how he responds. Sometimes people will respond because what's happening is they're not only growing closer to Christ, but he's 19. He's also growing up, right? There's a point when you reach, you know, just as you grow up where you understand the world better and you say, you know what, I better cut that out. Um, uh, thank you so yeah, much. So pray about God, that. Yeah. Do that for him, okay? I'm out of time here. We've got to end the show, but I'll pray for you, Tom, and your your uh, your grandson. Uh, God bless you, Tom. All right, we are out of time. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Tomorrow's open line Friday. If I didn't get to your call, you can call back tomorrow. And uh, Pastor Scott Show from 3 to 5 each and every weekday. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.